Hello, everyone. I'm going to be doing a new podcast series, and for now, I'm going to be calling it Fountainhead. And we're going to be answering a lot of questions that people have about the world today, such as, why is there such a disconnect between the stock market and the actual economy? Why is wealth inequality rising? What will the economy look like in 10 years? And of course, how can one prepare themselves for the future? And for reference, this is being recorded in November of 2020. So economists and academics get a lot of shit for a lot of their models they make and a lot of the noise that they create and predictions that they have that honestly almost never come to fruition. I mean, you have a lot of examples of economists making a much bigger mess than benefit that they're creating. Um, and for that reason, I think that paying too much attention to what academics and economists that pay attention to very, very specific details, I think that you don't get a lot of benefit in following um, a lot of the content that they put out anymore. And so in this series, I'm going to be taking a much different approach. So I'm not going to be doing an exhaustive analysis of every aspect of our economy. And this isn't meant to be such an, an in-depth analysis. I'm much more interested in identifying the main drivers and asking simple questions. So furthermore, I believe that you don't have to be an economist or a mathematician or any quant-related person to have a grasp on how our system works today. Um, in fact, a lot of bankers and economists, as I previously said, uh, get lost in the noise way too often. And as a result, they lose sight of the biggest trends that are happening right in front of our eyes. Um, and that's what I want to focus on. So today, in our first episode, we're going to address the main drivers of the global economy that have been around long before COVID. And we're going to um, see how these are going to define the economy for decades to come. So the first main driver of the economy is technology. And I think that this point is taken for granted by way too many people. So first of all, technology is an exponentially evolving phenomenon. Uh, most of you have heard of Moore's Law, I'm sure. It's just the idea that the processing power of a computer doubles about every 18 months while its costs are cut in half. Um, and we've known this for a long time now. So everyone, of course, knows that this is a, a trend and that technology is evolving. But I didn't fully appreciate this until earlier this year, uh, in March, actually. Um, and this is also when I realized how horrible humans are at understanding exponential growth. So I remember in early February, um, I would check my computer every day with the new stats on COVID and how many cases there were. And at this point, there were only several thousand cases in China. Um, but one thing I realized uh, rather quickly was that the growth of the amount of people that have COVID was increasing at an exponential rate every day. And it first spread to Hong Kong and then Taiwan. And then there was an outbreak in Italy. And um, looking back on it, it, it um, a lot of people kind of remember it as just this explosion. And we had no idea of, uh, we had no way of preventing this, but in reality, what happened was there was a, an easily identifiable 
exponential trend going on. And humans just were so bad at understanding this exponential growth that we failed to um, prevent it from spreading worldwide. Um, and I analogize this with technology because we've been seeing this exponential growth for at least 40 years. Um, and a lot of people just assume that uh, the world in 10 years from today is going to be rather similar to today, but that in fact is anything but true. So one thought experiment I always like to do is to think about how much the world has changed in the past 20 years. Um, so it being 2020 right now, in the past 20 years, we've seen explosive growth of the internet. Uh, we've seen smartphones emerge. We've seen AI. We've seen um, electric cars come into play. I mean, the world was completely different than it is today, um, 20 years ago. I mean, in the year 2000, no one had a smartphone that they were looking at 24-7. And today, um, it it's absolutely like breathtaking um, how, how much our society revolves around technology. Um, but the scary truth is that in the next 10 years, we're going to see even more change than what we've seen in the past 20. And that's simply because of this exponential growth. Um, so I'm not here today to speculate about the specific innovations that we're going to see. I'm, I'm not a computer scientist. Um, I'm no expert. But there are several trends that I think that everyone should be aware of. Um, and the first is that technology is becoming more ubiquitous. It's going to enter into many industries that haven't been all that affected until today, and we'll go further into those. Um, the second trend I want to talk about is why technology is changing everything we know about the global economy through deflation. So when you think about it, all technology does is increase productivity, whether it's in manufacturing or organizing data, uh, you name it. And this has been going on ever since humans really began tinkering with stone tools uh, thousands and thousands of years ago. This is why things can be done cheaper and more effectively through technology than by manual labor. And that's why technology is making everything cheaper. Um, Deflation is the idea that the purchasing power of money is going to be higher in the future than it is today. Uh, it's not a complex term. Um, it just means that, for example, I could buy an iPhone today for about a thousand bucks, or I could buy the same model of an iPhone in a year for about half the price because a new one's going to come out and it's going to be much cheaper to produce that old one. Um, so well, most people haven't come to terms with yet is that technology isn't just making computer technology cheaper. It's making literally everything in our lives cheaper. Deflation through technology shouldn't be thought of as strictly good or bad. It's great that we are becoming much more productive at everything, but that also comes at the cost of human jobs, right? Another important aspect to take in mind is that every technological advance has a two-sided deflationary effect. So it reduces costs for the consumer. In other words, it makes products we want much cheaper. And it does this in part by reducing the amount of human labor needed to supply those products. 
So when the products we buy are cheaper, but a secondary effect is that those people who no longer have a job now have to compete with others for fewer jobs, there's now a ballooning in the supply of labor and companies can pay their workers less. So in other words, technology reduces the cost of things we buy and sell, but it also lowers salaries across the board. So I want to go through a few brief um, explanations of how certain industries are going to go through radical changes in the next decade or so. Um, one that I want to point out is transportation. So, I mean, most people think, oh, yeah, like technology is going to make um, self-driving cars a thing. And so we're going to have three million truck drivers that will no longer have jobs. Um, and yeah, like that is just the first order effect of this. But if you also think about some of the secondary effects, you think about manufacturing. So the utilization of cars and trucks right now is about 5%, meaning that over the course of a day, only 5% of that time is any given car going to be used. But in the future, when cars will be um, operated by AI and there won't be any need for a driver, you can use one car to pick up and drop off many, many people. And so realistically, you would have far, far fewer cars um, circulating and far less need for parking spots um, because, you know, individuals wouldn't need their own car. They could just, you know, use Uber or whatever the app is going to be in the future to, you know, hail a ride and use a car for that reason. So you're going to have cars go from 5% utilization to around 95% utilization. And what does that mean? That means that you're going to need like one twentieth of the cars on the road. You're going to need far less parking um, and far less manufacturing for these cars. Um, and so I also want to talk about manufacturing, which is the second industry that is going to be, you know, radically changed by this. Um, so 3d printing is definitely a thing. Um, it's, sort of an enigma right now because, you know, we're hearing about 3D printing of organs and, you know, random things. And to be honest, this hasn't scaled too much yet, but it will. And it's going to become cheaper and cheaper to manufacture anything via 3D printing. Um, so this isn't only going to reduce manufacturing jobs worldwide, but if you think about it, in our globalized economy today, pretty much everything we have, whether it's a a computer or, you know, the clothes we wear, that comes from all over the world. Uh, I think it's rare for any complicated product to have parts that aren't from, you know, more than three continents around the planet. But with manufacturing, you won't need to rely on the shipping of any of these parts. You can just manufacture everything in-house. So what 3D printing is going to do is it's going to radically reduce the amount of jobs that we're going to need in supply chains, in shipping, in energy consumption. So that is massively deflationary. Um, two other industries that I briefly want to touch on is healthcare. I mean, any, any of these analysis by radiologists who are looking at x-rays or, um, doctors that come up with um, certain recommendations for 
the symptoms that you're having, that will all be done and is already done more effectively by AI than by humans. So we're going to see many, many jobs um, be replaced by computers. Um, another one, of course, is one of the most common jobs in the United States today, which is cashiers. Um, I already see, you know, when I go to Costco or McDonald's, a lot of times I'm not interacting with a human who's there to, you know, p- pack my bags and give me a receipt. That's all done by AI already. Um, so make, make no mistake that technology is going to continue creeping into every aspect of our lives. Um, if you're interested in learning more about this, I would definitely recommend reading The Price of Tomorrow by Jeff Booth or The Future is Faster Than You Think by Peter Diamantes and Stephen Cutler. And I'll put more information about that in the description of this episode. Let's move on to the second main driver of the economy today, which is the massive debt burdens faced by the United States and practically every other developed economy in the world. This driver is arguably even more important than what's happening with technology, because for better or for worse, if you look back onto the 18th century, the 19th century, the 20th century, and today, it's the actions of governments that have made the most impact on people's lives. The United States' total public debt is standing at around $29 trillion, which is about 135% of our GDP. This may seem like a lot, and it is, but it pales in comparison to the amounts of debt faced by Japan and Europe and other large economic zones. In a historical context, the only time we saw nearly this amount of debt taken on by governments was right after World War II. The fact of the matter is that things that can't go on forever don't. The U.S. government, as well as other governments around the world, will face the challenge of relieving their debt burdens over the next decade or so. And the way they go about doing this will have enormous implications for each and every one of us. There is one aspect in particular that I want to talk about with respect to debt burdens and how they will continue to have the biggest impact on the economy. And that is the fact that deflation is a really, really bad thing for someone in debt. Let's think about this for a minute. Say I take out a 30-year, $100,000 mortgage for a house. Within a year, in this example, I get laid off from my job and I find a new one with a much lower salary. Meanwhile, over the course of the next decade, the prices of everything fall in half due to technological deflation. Keep in mind that I have monthly mortgage payments to meet, but over time, these payments become more and more difficult because everything has gotten cheaper including my salary. In other words, the deflation that happened over the course of my mortgage made it much harder for me to pay back my loan. Now let's look at this in terms of the government. As prices fail to rise, people's incomes, as well as the prices of goods and services, don't rise. And what does that mean? Taxes don't rise either. The government relies on tax receipts to pay off the debt. So an economy with falling prices is probably the worst possible scenario for a government with $29 trillion in debt. Now, you may be wondering, what if the government can't pay off its debt? There are a few answers to this, some of which I'll answer in a future episode. For now, just remember that the government has the power to print money, and it will do everything in its power 
to remain solvent and to keep the economy chugging along. So there you have it. The exponential forces of technology and the debt burdens of governments are the two main drivers today. Notice that I made no mention of COVID or the election or vaccine or an aging population or conservative and liberal policies or the price of oil or any of that bullshit. For all intents and purposes, all of those factors are just noise. And make no mistake, I mean, they are important. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of effects that we can go into about specifically the aging population, for example. I think that's a huge one. But they pale in comparison to the force behind technology and the force behind a government that is loaded up with debt. In the next episode of this series, we're going to look at how governments have historically resolved periods of high debt and what will probably happen this time around. Thanks for listening.